football is officially back and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Norm Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Monday edition of East Coast Bias. The boys back by popular demand after a weird and wacky and all over the place week four across the board in the NFL. You have John Zestremski, yours truly, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, as we recap everything we saw on Sunday. Fellas, it's good to be with you. And I'm starting here, House. The squarest of square teases that we gave out as a family play on the Ring of Wise Guys show as I'm sitting there watching Commanders and Eagles. And I'm like, Ron Rivera is going to go for two. This tease is going to be burned in regulation. It's going to be over before we even get to Sunday Night Football. Ron Rivera does us a favor. He kicks the extra point. The Eagles go and win in overtime. The Chiefs almost chuck up a 17-point lead to Zach Wilson and the Jets. But we live to tell about it, buddy. How about that? JJ, there's no such thing as moral victories in the NFL. But there are winning tease victories, baby. I mean... That Washington team gave Philadelphia every single thing that it wanted. And, you know, kudos to to Washington. I I expressed skepticism on the Wise Guys program yesterday about the ability of the offensive um, coaching staff to scheme up for Sam Howell to get rid of the ball faster. He got rid of the ball faster all game long. And they took advantage of weakness in the back seven of Philadelphia, and that game was very much in doubt all the way through a last-second touchdown. I mean, there are reasons to be happy and hopeful here in Washington. I will take it as a moral victory. I know the, the, the team won't, but, you know, and then we got a very competitive game with that Chiefs-Jets game that honestly 
was turned by two plays where the referees had a uh, a significant role. The safety that wasn't a safety because the face mask occurred outside of the end zone. And then, you know. I don't a, know about that. Really? You don't think so? The, if the rule is that the face mask is supposed to occur outside of the end zone, you don't get a safety. It, there's no question about it. The See, I thought head he was, was turning. Full disclosure, I thought he was in, and I rode the tees with us, and maybe I had a little bit more it's on the fine. Jets at eight and a half. I thought, <laughs> listen, you know me, I'm not rooting for the Jets in, in any I way, understand. shape, or form, House. I, I, for one, thought it was a safety. If anything, I thought you were going to bellyache about Sauce Gardner and that Fugazi holding call at the end of the game where, I mean, it's amazing. The Chiefs get every freaking call. They're like LeBron. They're like Jordan. They're like Curry. That that holding call on Sauce Gardner was an absolute disgrace. Let's call it like it is. That was an awful call. Let, let's go back a play before that. Because on the third and 22, if you watch number 11, when Patrick Mahomes scrambles out of the pocket and gets 22 yards, number 11 is being held like, like a, a newborn baby. Like, I've never seen anything like that. And they did not call it. They called a hole in the secondary. So I always tell people there's an A side and there's a B side. If you watch boxing, if you watch NBA, if you watch NFL, if you're the B side, you got to take advantage of every opportunity. And the Jets did not do it because they had two drives stall out at the 50 in the second half. And then Zach Wilson fumbled at the end. There's only so long fake does can pretend. It was a good story to see Zach Wilson finally play like an NFL player for the first time in his life. But at the end of the day, at some point, you're the guy who you've always been. There was a little spread drama at the end of that Jet Kansas City game, Raheem. And for someone that had Ortiz, and then I decided Sunday night, this line is starting to get a little stinky because it was at like nine and a half all week. Everyone's betting the Chiefs. Then I see it lower. I see it at eight and a half. Then Sunday night, we had this long delay. I'm getting bored watching all this Taylor Swift stuff on the pregame show. And it's down to seven and a half. And I'm like, screw it. I'm getting it on the Jets. I'm going to have a nice little middle here. I'm watching that game, guys, at SNY. The people who I work with must think I am the sickest lunatic on the planet because I'm like banging the table. I'm like, slide, Patrick. Slide, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick Mahomes. Knowing situation and knowing the point spread, Raheem. Let's go. You know, the funny thing about that is because we had a two-team team with, with the Eagles and the Chiefs. And if you look at that Eagles game, the Eagles had a chance to do the same thing. And they elected to score as opposed to sliding and kicking a field goal. And they almost lost that game. But the guy they called Riverboat Ron is a coward and didn't go for two. So you see the difference between the philosophies and guys who know how to win, like Patrick Mahomes, not being selfish, and sliding down. So it, it, it's so frustrating when you see guys just go into the end zone because it opens you up to a chance of losing. House, were you conflicted on that? I mean, listen, from a tease perspective, obviously it was very good for our tease that Philadelphia ended up going to overtime. But as someone who roots for the Commanders, you wanted them to go for two in that spot or no? Oh, I definitely wanted them to go for two. That was the only chance for them to win that football game. I mean, I I, I always root for my team ahead of my wallet. Like, you know, it, it it's fine. I don't bet enough money for it to be significant enough to like really, you know, wallop my household situation. The, the, the C-words could be three and one and atop the NFC East right now if, you know, they, they had uh, pulled that one out. And their only single best chance to do that was right there at the very end of the game. No time left on the clock. Rivera 
God bless him. I mean, I, I hold him in high regard as a leader of men and as a person that's overcome cancer. He seems by all accounts to be a decent dude. He's a terrible coach. He's a terrible head coach. He got up on the podium and said, well, under the circumstances, our guys were gassed. Hey, buddy, how about the defense that you just went the entire length of the field against? Oh, well, it wasn't quite the whole length of the field because dumb-dumb A.J. Brown uh, had a taunting penalty, so the the Seawards only had to go, you know, 55 or 60 yards. But still, was the defense not gassed also? Anyway, setting all of that aside, um, justice prevailed, and the Seawards have a chance to be 3-2 and two this coming Thursday against the Chicago Bears. Just have to hold serve. It's a dangerous game, this short week game, but just have to hold serve at home against the Bears. All right, guys, I want to do quick takeaways from what you saw in week four. Ichi is going to have a moment to kind of shine here and give me the thing that kind of stood out to you the most. I'm going to start because the game was near and dear to my heart. The AFC still runs through Buffalo. Miami, that was a tough spot. Raheem, give you all the credit in the world. You nailed it early in the week. You said Miami, a little bit overvalued. They go to Buffalo. They could not block the Buffalo Bills. Uh, their defense could not get to Josh Allen. I don't know what Vic Fangio was doing by not putting Xavier Howard on Stephon Diggs. I thought that was a monumental mistake. And listen, I'm still very bullish on Miami. They're a playoff caliber team. I've loved what I've seen. But until you see it in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills are the team to beat. That's my takeaway after what I saw in week four. And I think, fellas, that should be our takeaway here in this division until we see otherwise. Yeah, you know, Chris Chris Berman, the Swami, he's been picking since 1991, 1992. He's been picking the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers to go to the Super Bowl for like 30 years straight now. And I think this is the year that he's finally going to be right. But my takeaway is that these old school coaches, they need to go. You look at Dennis Allen, Mike Tomlin. Kicking field goals down multiple scores in the second half. You look at Riverboat Ron, not going for two at the end of the game. It's eight and a half point underdogs. You look at Bill Belichick. They got power wash. But if you look at the first quarter of that game, it was fourth and one at the, the five-yard line. Not and they're going kicking for a damn it. field goal. How cowardly is that? I mean, that's as cowardly as it gets. These old school coaches, it, it, the, the game might have passed them by. And that's what I'm noticing right now. Wow. Um, and, and speaking of which, Raheem, your Cowboys let a whooping on those Patriots. House, I know you're happy about that one, big boy. Nice call on the wisest wager. I, I mean, I, I at some point, you know, you have to take those glasses off and see reality. That Patriots team just doesn't have enough talent on offense. They put too much pressure on Mac Jones, and he's not that guy. I mean, he's just not capable of, of making – plays that tilt the field downhill they don't have the skill guys for it so i i didn't have any problem laying less than a touchdown with dallas it was a get right situation for dallas uh it was scary with the michael parsons injury but he looks like he's okay but my my big takeaway week four you can cross off the cincinnati Bengals. they're done it's over wow they're, done. They, they well here's the problem uh the afc north is is too tough and there are other teams in the AFC. And Joe Burrow in this position, they 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 become so single dimensional. Uh, and we watched it in, occur in live time. That that uh, front four for Tennessee just loaded up. They pressured him. They didn't have any. They couldn't do anything. That he is now 
uh, bottom five success rate on the season. He took nine hits yesterday, and Jamar Chase is, <laughs> is not happy. I'm ready to cross off the Bengals. And Raheem, I'm glad I tailed you on this. Under 11 and a half wins for Cincinnati. Now, I'm not going to celebrate and start popping champagne like I'm the 72 Dolphins after every team has lost a game. I'm not willing to do that. But to House's point, schedule, very challenging. And the health now and status of Joe Burrow, listen, we're clearly watching a compromised player. They are not the same offense. He does not have the same elusiveness in the pocket. And that division is tough. The conference, obviously, is very tough. And if he does not sit for a couple of weeks here, you guys want to explain this to me, to House's point? Raheem, how is Joe Burrow going to look better if he doesn't have time to rest his calf? Yeah, it doesn't look good at all. Um, and you guys know, a couple of weeks ago, I said on this show, under nine and a half wins, adjusted win total, and to miss the postseason. And I just don't think they're going to make it. I just don't, like, I don't I don't see how you recover from that injury. And you guys know I've had that injury already. So um, best of luck to them, but I, I just don't see it. I do want to say this, fellas, before we get to this Monday night game, I want to give a ton of credit to D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Mm. Stroud. I just wanted to get that in there because that was like my honorable mention takeaway. And Raheem, I smelled the rat with that Steeler texting game. I did. That was the only thing I yeah. got right yesterday. Everything else was an absolute disaster. The Dolphin was a disaster. Colt, that wasn't a disaster. That was Heartbreak City. I mean, what a tease that was. I'd rather lose 50 to nothing than come back down 23 nothing, sucker me in, get the ball with a chance to win, and then go and lose in overtime. But I digress. I'm just salty and I'm pissed off. Anyway, D'Amico Ryans looks like he can coach. And C.J. Stradraheim is better than I thought he was. I thought maybe he was one of these guys that was a product of all the talent that was around him at Ohio State. You know, the Garrett Wilsons, the Olaves, the uh, Marvin Harrison Juniors of the world. That dude looks like he could ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's good. And, you know, the biggest thing for me is that, you know, I came back on Steelers, it, it, like, on the Wise Guys show because I thought that number had gotten pushed down too far. But... C.J. Stroud, like, even with the bad offensive line, I mean, he's had three, four starters missing every single week, and he's still carving up these teams. And yesterday, you saw him get the ball out quick. So he's clearly on pace to win offensive rookie of the year. D'Amico Ryans has that defense playing solid, despite the injuries that they had. I mean, this Texans team is absolutely live to win that division. I, I totally agree, and, and it, it's a fun thing to see. Just, you know, readiness-wise, uh, C.J. Stroud arrived in the league. To me, the best prepared, the only thing that's ever going to be a challenge for him, um, and this will be something that they'll work on, is, is under pressure. But in a clean pocket, he's unbelievable. His accuracy numbers are tremendous. And you see already he has the, um, you know, the the, the symbiosis with, with Nico. They just work. I mean, it, it's a really interesting and fun uh, change of script down there in Houston. All right, boys. We'll take a quick break. Get ready. Monday Night Football. Giants, Seahawks. Seahawks, road favorite. Value with the home team, perhaps. I have some thoughts on that. That's coming up right after this. All right, guys. Monday Night Football. Interesting game. Seattle, they've won two games in a row. Uh, they've put up a ton of points. They won at Detroit in week two, which obviously looks better and better by the moment. And then you have the New York Giants. The Giants were a playoff team last year. 
in their losses. Let's be honest. They have been non-competitive for the most part. A loss to the San Francisco 49ers. An absolute whooping by the Dallas Cowboys in a game in which they were able to come from behind and take care of business against the Arizona Cardinals by the hair of their chinny-chin-chins. Well, if you look right now on FanDuel, this line is now moving any direction of the Seattle Seahawks. It was a pick them early in the week. I saw some ones. I saw some one-and-a-halves for Seattle over the weekend, and now I am seeing some twos in the market. Raheem, the Giants after this game, they're at Miami, ticked off Dolphin team. They're at Buffalo the following week. I think it is fair to say if they want to get their season on track, this is a game they got to have. They're not going to have Andrew Thomas. There's a very good chance they're not going to have Saquon Barkley. Seattle Giants, where do we stand on Monday night? Okay, so I gave you guys, I actually gave this out last Monday. I don't know if you guys remember, but I gave out the over 44 and a half. We're sitting at 47 now. And the reason why I gave out this over is because you look at these two teams, the Seahawks and the and the Giants. The Seahawks are 28th in EPA per play on defense. The Giants are 30th in EPA per play on defense. The Giants are 25th in success rate on defense. The Seahawks are 27th. So neither one of these teams have good defenses. So I expect a ton of points in this game, but this is a market. And at 47, it is getting a little bit high for me. Um, But if I had to lean, I would still go that direction. Now, when it comes to the side, I'm not crazy about the side. I, I think, to me, we all know Wink Martindale is going to throw that blitz at the Seahawks. And Geno Smith, who's thrown the most interceptable passes in the league last year, there's an opportunity for the Giants to, to generate some turnovers in this matchup. The public is all over Seattle. I'm not necessarily buying Seattle as one of those teams that I think is is, is great. The Giants, they're, they're one and two. Their two losses have come against the Cowboys and and the 49ers, two of the best teams in the NFC, um, if not the league itself. So I would be leaning towards the Giants just trying to go contrarian here, but I don't have a play on this. Yeah, Dream's making the right pay, uh, uh, case here to be cautious about the side. You know, there's trends. The Giants are 0-7 in their last Monday night football games. They're 1-12 in their last 12 primetime games. And honestly because of who they've played and how they looked in the first half against the Cardinals, this feels to me like the transition season that I thought they were going to have last season, but they exceeded expectations last season. They righted the ship. Um, I like the Seattle team. I'm invested in them getting over eight and a half wins. I'm invested in them making the playoffs. It's just a little bit of a funky spot for me. They've come off scoring, you know, I think they scored 30, they're well over 30 points in each of the last two contests. So the offense, they have a tremendous rushing offense. The DVOA numbers are through the roof, both passing and, and rushing for the Seahawks. Um, and, you know, the dream just mentioned the numbers on the defensive side for the Giants. The thing for, for Seattle is with the blitzes that come, if they can keep Geno clean, then I like Geno carving this defense up. If he's under pressure, the, those interceptable balls become interceptions, to Dream's point, and, and that's the risk. So I, I, I would prefer to just sit back, enjoy a Monday night football game, and watch the two teams score, and that's what I'll root for, and that's the way that I'll play it. Well, gentlemen, I have a play for the Monday night football game. I love the Giants in this spot. I 
absolutely love the Giants in the spot. And I understand not having Saquon is ginormous. And their offensive line has not looked the same without Andrew Thomas. This is a kitchen sink game for the Giants. With the games they have coming up on the road against those two opponents, this is a game you have to win at home. They have extra time to prepare. I think we're going to see some funky stuff out of Wink Martindale's defense. And I do think we're going to see finally some pressure from the New York Giants, who, let's be honest, have not done a good job so far this season getting after the quarterback. I think you're going to see some blitzes. You're going to see some exotic packages because Wink Martindale is realizing, hey, guess what? If I leave my corners out there, whether we're getting four or not, they can't cover. They're not up to speed. I got to get funky and wacky in this game. And I know how a lot of those trends. Giants, Monday night, terrible ATS. Daniel Jones, ATS, terrible on Monday night. How many instances, though, were the Giants playing those Monday night games in years past against teams that were just much better than them? I don't look at Seattle and say, all right, they're, they're better. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're a better team than the Giants. But they're not. San Francisco better. They're not Dallas better. And I, I just think it's a good buy low spot for the Giants at home. They're at home. They have extra time. Seattle coming to the East Coast. And I know Pete Carroll's been pretty darn good. West Coast to East Coast. A lot of those games are at one o'clock. Kitchen sink game. My play, guys, I'm grabbing a point and a half. Money line. Giants are going to win the game. New York Giants from Mr. New York, New York. And if the Giants don't win this game, it's going to get ugly and it's going to get late early in New York City. Just a little food for thought. House, I know I'm not getting you on board. Raheem, can I... I feel like if you were playing the side, that would be your side in this game. Oh, yeah, that, 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 would, that would definitely be my side. I'm not crazy about the this, this Seahawks team at all. Um, And I, I think the Giants, I mean, this is... This has to be the peak of Seattle's market right now. Um, they are going and they, they do have a buy after this and then they play um, Cincinnati. But I mean, when I look at who they've beaten, they beat the Lions and the Lions had five turnovers and that still game, the game still went to overtime. Um, the Lions probably should have won that game and then they beat Carolina. So I'm not impressed with this team. I mean, they gave up 30 points to this Rams team um, that nobody really valued heavily. So I would definitely be on the Giants. All right, before we say goodbye, boys. Raheem, I want to give you credit. You gave out two, not one, but two early lines last week that were Stone Cold Locks. Buffalo, Minnesota. Uh, I have barely looked at the board for next week, full disclosure. Long Sunday, late night, Jet Sunday night game, which was a disaster for me. Uh, anything I should be looking to take a peek at? I'm going to next Monday night. Let's go. Ooh, okay. We're going right to okay. I got I got two for that game. Let's go Green Bay Packers minus one and one and a half. And let's go over 43 and a half. You look at this Raiders team, they stink defensively. I mean, they're they're terrible. Um, I think they're what are they? Um they're 29th in EPA for play on defense, 23 in success rate. The biggest thing about this Packers team is that they're finally getting healthy. So this is like a mini bye week because not only do they have the Thursday night football spot where they have, a, you know, a long rest period, but then they have an extra day with Monday night. So maybe you'll finally get back Jair Alexander. We know David Bakhtiari is on IR, but they're facing a Raiders defense, which really can't rush the passer outside of Max Crosby. Um, you're finally going to have Aaron Jones. You're finally going to have Christian Watson. They just got beat down by the Detroit Lions. And I think this is a good bounce back spot here. 
So I like the Packers minus one and a half. I also like the over 43 and a half. I think that total is way too low. We know the, the Packers offense is a little bit boom or bust, but it's going to be more boom than bust against this Raiders defense. I'm telling you one, I'm walking in right now and don't throw tomatoes in my face. I'm all over the Broncos next week. Everybody saw Zach Wilson play well. Everybody saw the Jets go and give a comp- competitive spirited effort against the Chiefs. It is so Jets for them to go and stink up the joint next week. That And the fact that that line is what it is, is so telling on so many different fronts. I'm betting Denver. I'm just telling you right now, I'm holding my nose. I, I, I'm going to need a barf bag, but I am betting the Broncos. I'm betting the Broncos next Sunday. Spoiler alert. Uh, House, Raheem, great seeing you boys. Uh, I'll see you later in the week as we're on FanDuel TV. We'll have our pod posted on Thursday as we'll... Get you ready for week five. We'll update the NBA odds board with this Drew Holiday trade. All that's coming up next week or this week. I mean, I can't even keep track. It's, listen, I'm a, I'm moving a mile a minute. You know, tennis in the morning, pods at two in the morning. We don't stop around here. That's what we do. All right, East Coast Pies, boys. See you Thursday. Thanks, Wargon Warrior. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas. Under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in within Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.